Hey, welcome back to Her Restored Spirit Podcast. My name is Tammy and I'm your host. And I just have one question for you. Are you ready to get off the nail? Are you ready to choose to make a choice and get off the nail? In today's episode, we talk about that. We talk about what it is to to choose your hard because every choice you have is hard, but you get to choose which way you want to go. But before we dive in, if you are enjoying this podcast at all, if you have not left me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it. I am so close. I am two away from 100 um, reviews. And anyone who knows Apple Podcasts, in order to be, in order to like search, to be able to keyword search and things, you need to have at least 100 reviews. And I'm so close. So if you're, if you listen, please consider leaving me a rating review. I would really appreciate it. It takes like two minutes and it would just mean a lot to me. Also, if you know anyone who would get benefit from hearing what I have to say, from my experiences and just the encouragement that they can get from this, please share it with them and know that know that every time you do, you're helping you're helping someone realize that they can set, they don't have to set down their grief to pick up their life, that they can thrive through circumstances and that they can choose joy even in the middle of trials. With that, let's dive in and find out which hard do you want to choose. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. I tell you what, you know you're a podcaster when you are sitting outside of softball practice in your car with your like transportable, like portable mic connected to your phone um, so you can get an episode done and use your time wisely because as a sole parent of two kids who play a lot of sports, my car is my second home, my second office, my my second uh, dining table. Like it is the second everything. It's just what it is. So I just thought I'd share that with you. I think it's pretty funny that I'm people walking by and here I am with a little microphone and um, talking while getting into what I am, well, getting into the feelings that I need to have in order to bring you this, um, this episode that I wanted to share with you, um, because this this past couple weeks, um, as I mentioned before, we like we are going into our our grief season. Our we're hitting our decade marks for everything, and 
on the 14th, which happens to be the day this episode airs, is going to be, it's going to mark the two-week time frame, like the 10 years since the last time I saw my husband live. 10 years since I was able to hug him and kiss him goodbye and send him off into the blaze of glory, off into full afterburners into the dark abyss. It's the last time that I got to see him kiss our kids goodnight because they left at like midnight. And so they put their, we put the kids to bed and and we had some, you know, we, we ate and we just spent a couple of hours together before I had to take him to the squadron and tell him goodbye. We were never one for long goodbyes. Like it was really just a quick kiss, high five, see you later. And typically we didn't even say goodbye to each other. We'd say, okay, see you soon, or I'll be back. Or a lot of times we'll just go peace. But that night we did, and I really didn't think too much of it until, well, until two weeks later when I realized that that was my last goodbye. We don't know when our last of things are. We can recount our first of things, but we don't know when the last things are going to be. We don't know when the last time our kids are going to call us mama we don't know the last time that they will, you know, hug us in front of their friends. I'm actually kind of lucky with that because both my kids will still hug me in front of their friends. Um, must be doing something right at 12 and 14. Um, even though I, I do constantly win the meanest mom in the world award. I don't know if you're in the running for that. My friends and I, we compete often. Um, and so we kind of trade off who gets to be, you know, who wins that award. Um, but right now... Um, I believe I still have that title. So let me know if you've earned it recently uh, because we can we can share that we can celebrate that moment together. I mean the first of it, the best of best of anything, worst of anything, all of that, you know, something to be celebrated. But I digress. We don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what we are well, we don't even know what we're doing half the time. At least I don't. But we can, we can look back and we see and how things play out. And we can look back and see, wow, that was the last time. And it was really hard. It is really hard to step into this knowing that it's been a decade, a whole decade. And it's such a weird phenomenon if you have ever experienced grief that it seems like yesterday there are days that it seems like D could walk in the door and I'd be like, what took you so long? But it still wouldn't be, wouldn't feel like it was that different. And then there's days that it seems like a lifetime ago that he was with me. I've, I've raised two kids on my own for the last 10 years. I have been a sole parent for 10 years now, raising, you know, a two and four and now 12 and 14 year olds. And that's a whole lifetime. Like that's a long time to do it on my own and how things change and how things grow. And it's really hard. There are some days that I just want to sit and I cry in my closet. 
I cry in my closet a lot. That seems to be my my go-to place. Um, I don't cry as much as I used to anymore, but there are days that tears are the only way to get the that emotional energy out. I'm not a crier. I don't like to cry, but apparently in the last 10 years, I've gotten pretty good at it. But it's really hard. When I look back at all the things that I've been through, all of the potty training, all of the traveling, all of the first sports, all of the dropping off the kids and dropping off one kid to run the other to the next place by myself because there's no one, no one to help with that. Like that's me. That's I'm the sole driver. And then it just dawns on me that these are all choices that I made. I didn't have to, I didn't have to go and sign both kids up for sports. I didn't have to choose to parent the way that I did. I could have made things a little bit easier on myself if I wanted to. Um, I had my reasons. I made my choices why I didn't take the easy road. Um, If you know me at all, typically I don't take the easy road. I kind of wish I did sometimes, but even when the, the easy road is the right road, I make things difficult for myself. But the thing is, is I choose it. I choose and I have that power of choice. There are times that I allow time, circumstances, emotions, friends to choose for me. But then I realize that that's not, that's not how I want things done. That's not what, that's not going to get me the result that I'm looking for or that I think that I want or even know that that's the right way. And so I choose. So what are you choosing? Everything we do is hard. It's, I mean, God talks about how we're going to have struggles, how we're going to have trials. He talks about after you suffer, how he will restore you. It's not if you suffer, it's when and after. So that's a given. But did you know that you get to choose your heart? It's hard to grieve. It is so hard to sit in those strong emotions and feel it day after day. It's so hard to do that. It drains you. It, it consumes you. You can feel so overwhelmed and overpowered and exhausted by grief. And then you can choose another hard, which is to heal. I don't think anyone rem- let me know that the initial stages of healing, the making those choices to do something different, to carry the, the grief with me, but not allow it to consume me. I didn't realize for a long time how hard that is and how those choices are intentional and they're really hard too. But that hard has gotten me to a place of joy and purpose. That hard has led me in a direction that I I want for my life and for my kids. I could have chosen to stick with the grief and 
allow it that, that raw grief. Grief, I don't believe, it will ever go away. I think it changes shapes. And I, you know, I mentioned before, it's in my fanny pack. It's my constant companion. My, my grief, I respect and I am so grateful, so grateful for my grief experiences. But I'm really grateful that I chose the heart of healing as well. It's not comfortable. And sometimes healing, at some moments, healing was actually more painful than the grief. I don't know if you've experienced that. And if you have, like, DM me. Let's talk about it. I'd love to know your experience because I think that that's part of the reason why people, by why, why so many haven't chosen the healing path yet is because they get to the point where it's really hard and it hurts and they say, this must be wrong. It must not be right or this, I might, I must not be ready. I, it must not be for me. This might not be the right path. This is not the right journey. I don't think I can handle this. All these things because healing is really hard to do. You have to step out and call parts of yourself that maybe never existed before. Or maybe you've never experienced that bravery and that that courageous spirit that says, it's not going to define me. I'll allow it to shape me. And I'll allow it to change me, but it does not get to define me anymore. And I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose health and I'm going to choose to be happy. In this last year, um, well, last year was probably one of the hardest years for me and the kids. And um, I'll share on another podcast some of the decisions that we made and some of the things that happened. I mean, we, we changed a lot. I mean, we all had 2021 was was not easy for anybody. But some of the things that we made, some of the choices that I made intentionally were really hard for us. But it also gave us a new perspective and they weren't the wrong choices. They were they got me to the right path. But there were some things that it was not I was not on the right path initially. But as we were healing and as I was thinking about those moments and how hard they were, I realized that they came, that they were a gift as well. I, I don't see them as failures. I, they, they shaped who the kids are and who I am and how we are as a family. They definitely brought some more intentionality, some, some things that I needed to change because the the culture in our family was not where I wanted it to be. So I made those changes. And as I made those changes, I started looking at how, like, really how blessed and thankful I am for my life. How when Job went through all those trials and felt that he just, he just wanted to die, he just wanted to be end, it to end, and then he came to the other side and God redeemed him and said that the latter is better than the former. I didn't understand it and I was not willing. I did not choose to see how that could be possible because I didn't want it to. 
how could that be? How could my life now be better? How could anything be better than being married to my best friend and the love of my life and my my best like my I grew up with him. Like I I've known him since I was 14. He was that life that we built and the dreams that we had. How could something be better later? And I say this knowing that it looks different for everybody what the latter years are. And it doesn't mean that the pain isn't there. I am, I have no doubt that Job still had sorrow for the family members he lost and for the people in his life that his kids that he lost. Like that was not there was no joke there. Like he lost his kids. You don't just put that down and say, "Oh, I have new kids." This is much better now. No, you you carry that around with you and you're allowed to. You're allowed to carry that grief. But you're allowed to choose the heart of healing. You're allowed to go for it and decide. Uh, there's a an analogy and I, I heard this years ago. And then I heard it again fairly recently um, in respect to business. And it says a lot about grief as well. So I just wanted to share it with you that uh, there's a a man and his dog is sitting there. The man is on a bench and the, the dog is sitting there next to him. And it's clear that the dog is in pain, that it's whimpering. It is, it's, it's in physical pain and not happy. And the man's just sitting there, just sitting there. And someone walks by and says, dude, what's wrong with your dog? It's like, oh, He's sitting on a nail. Well, what do you mean he's sitting on a nail? Yeah, he's sitting on his nail and it, it's hurting him. So he's like, well, why? Why is he sitting on a nail? Is he tied to the nail? Is he glued to the nail? It's like, no, he's just sitting on the nail and it's and it hurts. Okay. Well, why doesn't he get up? Because the momentary pain of moving that nail and standing up is going to be stronger than the the pain that he's feeling right now. That we can see that that dog, when he stands up and the nail is completely gone, the freedom and the peace that he's going to feel is is worth it. But all that dog knows is that when he starts to move, it hurts more. When he starts to do things, it hurts more. And that's a lot like grief. We're sitting on this nail that hurts so bad. It hurts and it's heavy. And we we, we don't like this feeling where we are. We, we want more for our lives, but we start to move and it really hurts. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of that physical pain of going through and shedding this armor that you've put yourself through. And that pain is sometimes all we can see, all we feel until we get to the other side, until that nail is completely removed. And so we stay on the nail, not happy, in that comfortable fear, in that dull 
pain that just consumes us. Because we don't choose the hard of standing up. We don't choose the hard of deciding that what's on the other side that we don't know. We don't know how long it's going to take to stand up. We don't know how long it's going to take to go through this healing process. Honestly, I've been through, I've been going through it for years, but it's just the last year, year and a half, really, that I've intentionally decided, like I feel that pain lifting and the the glory and the restoration and the redeeming hand of God on this other side. If you ask me if I'm still a widow, heck yes, I am a widow. If you ask me if grief still sucks, yes, here I am sitting in my car talking about grief 10 years later because it's such a part of my life that and my kid's life that I, I feel the need to share it with you that you don't have to put it down to live your life. And that's what I want to be an example to my kids. And that's what I want to share with you, that it's hard to heal. It is hard to go back and to think about that raw time, that, that first moment when they told me that there was an accident and that Piston didn't make it. It's really hard to go back to that moment. But without that moment, I wouldn't have the one I met today. The one that I realized that the legacy that I'm building for my family and for him in his honor is really so much more than just for him and for me and for my kids. It's because I get to share that when you stand up off of that nail, there is so much life and joy and purpose. God will walk you through whatever, whatever you're going through. He will be right there, but he cannot stand up from that nail for you. He took the nails himself and he removed them. He got, he healed after them. He still has those scars because it's, it happened. Your grief happened and you can still have those scars of grief, but they get to be scars and not wounds. You get to stand up and you don't have to feel that overwhelming, encompassing, raw pain. You get to choose your heart. Do you choose to stay sitting on that nail and feel that pain? And I'm not going to lie. There are times that that sitting in that misery and that, that it feels really good. Because for some weird reason, I have no clue why, but it just, it, it makes you feel alive to feel that grief. It, by feeling that you can feel your loved one, but I'm here to tell you, even without that raw pain, I can still feel my loved one. I can still feel my husband and know that it's okay to heal. So what hard are you choosing today? Are you going to stay stuck on that nail? And whatever it may be, it may not be the loss of a spouse. It may not be the loss of a child or loss of, but it could be the postpartum depression. It could be the anxiety that you're experiencing. 
It could be the depression. It could be the loss of a dream, loss of a a job. It could be a financial hardship that you're going through. And I don't want to minimize it. What you're going through is really hard. And what you're, what you want, what you're, what you deserve, what you're capable of, what God wants for you is amazing. And it's beautiful and it's beauty from ashes, but you have to choose the hard to heal. It doesn't come naturally. Time does not heal all wounds. I mean, I, I fully believe that. It may dull it a little bit, but even with that, you're choosing choices to not continue to feel that. But are you intentionally healing and saying that your life is worth so much more, that you have so much more purpose than just sitting in what you're going through now? God doesn't waste any season. Even if you've been sitting on that nail for 10 years, 15 years, one year, five years, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long you've been sitting on that nail. Whatever your nail is, it's not too late to choose the heart of healing. It's not too late. And in fact, right now, let this be your permission slip. Let this be your, your time to embrace it and to be willing to look at what could be my first step. What is that first hard step to heal? And sometimes it's just admitting to you that you you are worth more than what you're going through right now. Sometimes that right there and admitting it and speaking life over yourself and then looking for evidence in the Bible that supports that because it's there all over, all over scripture. It tells you. So stand up off that nail. It's going to hurt, but the the freedom after is so much better than staying in that comfortable fear, staying in that raw pain, and staying where you are now. 